Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Today is the 6th of March. If you are in the same day as me, maybe you're in Australia and you're ahead of me. Today is the 7th of March where you are, and if you're behind me, then... You better move away from there because I don't want you to be sitting behind me as I'm recording this week's podcast, 6th of March 2022. Hope you're getting on well. Uh, the evenings are getting longer. The cold weather is starting to leave us. But there's a nip in the air. You know what I'm talking about. You have these notions throughout the day. Will I, will I put out the shorts? Will I put on the shorts now? Will I? Is it time to put on the shorts? Is it time to put away the big jacket? Put it into the press. You don't look at it. You want a spring to start. Is it time for that? And then at night time it drops down to about minus two. And still nippy out there. But spare a thought for the crows at the moment that are all out there building their nests. If you get a chance, stick the head into the sky and you'll see a bit of nest construction. Oh yes, crows and birds alike are putting their carpentry skills to the good. I've seen a few crows there in Turlock and Kesselbar and they were going back and forth between the trees building a nest takes them about two weeks to build it which is not bad going to be honest you know I wouldn't mind getting a house up that quick um but uh, fair play to them now they were flat out and I seen in another tree as well there was a lot of uh, crows roosting and they're all cawing at each other like in one big massive tree have you ever seen that one big massive tree with loads of crows just flying into it and they're all cawing and they're all looking for different positions on the tree and uh, apparently that's full of birds men and women looking to go riding and that's what they do they talk to each other they communicate what what went on today what did you see in town and that's the thing about these birds that people don't often talk about they're watching all the time they never stop watching if you look up at a tree look up the big bird will be looking down at you that's the way they go on that's all they do they're nosy back buggers that's all they've got for doing nothing else they don't live like us they're not as smart as us they don't know about careers and stuff like that they're idiots all they do is build their nests that's it they're done for the year two weeks of building nests and then people go on about how smart they are. Not a chance. Not in my book. Anyways, you're very welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Coming up on this week's podcast, um, we're going to be talking a small bit about a trip that I had down to Cork. I was down in the Mitchellstown Caves and I got very scared. Also, we're going to be talking about 10 facts on Cork. Some of them are going to blow your mind. That is a headline that I'm going to stick in the paper tomorrow to maybe get people to listen to this podcast. Rag Week is back. Shower drinking a can of Dutch gold is on the menu so I'm going to talk about a couple of stories that I had in Galway back during rag week even though I never even set foot inside a college in terms of studying I was never on the books so to speak and we're going to be talking a bit about that as well but also holidays as well you know because it's exciting to think about where we can go to now the world has opened up again and even though the price of diesel now and the price of everything has gone up awful bad so it is and anyone will tell it to you now if you go talk to anyone at all they'll talk to you about it but wouldn't it be nice to get a bit of sun? These last few days have been very sunny and it's just, it's like it's opened, opened up a hole. And like she said, I didn't know that that portal existed. That's the existence of the sun. And it's great to see it. And I wanted to tell you a few stories about a time that I went to Grand Canaries with my mates. Six lads, six pairs of shorts. And that was it. We got to Grand Canaries Islands and we were burnt to a crisp. And there was many an anecdote in between. But we're going to get down to that later on in the podcast. But first... I made a mistake the other day. I was driving back from Cork because I was down in Cork for Rag Week and it was a daytime gig. And the last time I had driven down for a daytime gig, the tyre bursted 
on the bypass, right? I don't even know if bursted is a word. I don't even know why I said it like that, but bursted, however you say that word, I don't know. But the tyre burst on the road, so I had to pull in. And this gig was at half 12 in the daytime, and I, I thought it was at like half seven. I got confused. Turns out it was at half 12. So I was driving around 12 o'clock, and I was coming into Cork, and I was like, oh, I hope the traffic's not too bad. The tyre burst on the car. And I had to go out and change it. Now, the last time someone tightened the wheel on the car was two Polish lads. And we know how strong they are. We know how strong they do stuff. And they turned the nuts on the car to the point where I couldn't turn them back. So I was like, panic. Fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to have to cancel this. I won't be able to make it down. Luckily enough, I jumped on the, the spanner, turned the nuts, got the, the tyre on the car. And it was one of these crap small tyres that you get in cars nowadays. And I got to the place in time. So that was my last experience. And I was kind of stressed getting there. So this time it was during the daytime again, around half one. I got in at one o'clock. I was trying to park the car. The fella said, you can't park here. You know that problem when you're trying to park a car? I was like, oh, please, let me park here, please. I'm under a rush. He's like, you can't park there. So I was like, can I park there? He goes, no, can I park there? Yeah. So I drove over there and I parked there. Got inside anyways. Met my friend Luke. He brought me in. And great to see everyone in Cork as well. Great city. I used to live down there years ago. Lived down there in Margaret Street. So I did. And had a, a many a nice time out there at Fred Zeppelin's and the Brogue and different spots down there now. And I have to say it's a great city. And uh, lots of lovely food options down there now as well. And lovely shops as well, actually, now that I think about it. And um, I got a bit caught up, though, to be honest. And there was a few one-way systems where I didn't really know where I was going. And I got tricked into going one way. I went left into a car park. And I had to press the button and say, do you mind if I get out again? And he goes, no, no, no problem. He was very sound about it now. My own fault as well, because I couldn't drive for shite. But anyways, I got around eventually and uh, got a great look around the place and it's a lovely lovely place and it was lovely and sunny as well and it reminded me again of going on holiday this year and getting a bit of sun and also been down in Cork when I when it was sunny it was a Jesus I had such a good time down there and I was living with French people and I was living with Lithuanian fellas and I was living with people from Portugal and all over the gaff and we had a great time down there and I want I had a great time again down in Cork this time so I want to thank everyone for coming out to that gig I really do appreciate it So now I'm going to read out 10 facts about Cork that I just pulled up there on the internet. Cork Harbour is said to be the second largest natural harbour in the world after Sydney Harbour in Australia. Jesus Christ. Cork City is the third largest city behind Dublin and Belfast. County Cork is the largest county in Ireland. Yes, indeed. I always thought it could have been May or Donegal, but I think that's first and second. Uh, Donegal could be second, actually, now that I think about it. But Cork is a massive spot. You can go as far as Lep or you can go into Mallow or you can go into Mitchellstown or plenty of other spots there as well. Uh, Cork has the oldest yacht club in the world, founded in 1720. The first potato in Ireland was planted here by Sir Walter Raleigh, near his home in Yeogel, Cork, around 1588. Do you know, I think Graham Norton is from Cork as well, now that I think about it. Roy Keane, Dennis Irwin, I think one of the Taoiseachs there was from there for a while. In 1912, Cove was the Titanic's last port of call. The people that hopped on the Titanic, the boat that they said would never sink. Heading all the way to America. Why am I talking like a fella on radio during the daytime? Um, But yes, the Titanic, the last place it did stop was Cork. Collected a load of people and then unfortunately, if you haven't seen the movie, I won't ruin it for you. Um, The first temperance society abstaining from alcohol in Europe was started in Skibbereen in West Cork in 1833. Too bad that didn't work out. Well, that's for fucking sure. And I was walking around Cork myself the other day anyways, and I noticed that plenty of lovely pubs on the go. But that's one of those things in Ireland that you'd wonder, you know, people I don't think they're as inclined to drink now as as much as they used to. In saying that, I was out there last night with the father and uh, we had a great old time, but I was driving the car, you see, I I had to be the pilot. So he was like, I said to him at the beginning of the day, I said, will you drive or will I drive? He goes, oh, no, no, you drive. You drive. I'll have one or two. You drive. I was like, fair enough. 
So got into the town anyways and pint of Guinness each. Barman didn't take card, so my father had 10 quid. He paid for the two drinks. And then I said, that's all I can have now because I'm driving. So I was thinking, what can I have next? But when I came around to the next round, my father didn't have any cash in him. He was looking at me. So I had to walk down the town to take out cash and took out 20 quid. Went back up to the pub anyways. Paid for another two drinks. But I drank a Guinness Zero Zero. Now it was tasty enough. I must say, it's got a bit of a twang to it. So I uh, I was sipping away on that there anyways. And then I got I had to go to the toilet and I got caught in between two conversations where there was a fella on the left of me talking to the barman. And I'd know that to talk about the leave insert or something like that. And then there was a f- the outlets on the right talking to another fella. And they were talking about Russia and what's going on and all the other crack. And I was in the middle sitting, listening to both conversations. And I was drinking my Guinness Zero Zero. And I was like, I don't know now uh, what's going on here. But I seem to be caught in the middle like an old mouse in a trap. But anyways, it was a great night and really enjoyed it. And um, speaking of which, I meant to say to you actually, Rag Week is back. And uh, it reminds me that years ago I used to live in Galway with the boo and different different characters and Merton Maloney and Peter Cashty. Salmon used to come up as well and we'd be living with like you'd be living in uh, different parts of Galway all the time you're always moving around and you'd be moving between jobs too I used to work in lifestyle sports in different places and then you know you'd move into a house and then the the lease would be up after six months so you'd move on again and you'd be moving around different parts you'd be in Remmore you could be in Ballyban you could be in Salt Hill or you could be in uh, Westside or any of those spots at all and I remember anyways, the boo was in college and uh, he was like, all right, we're going to go out tonight. Call me up during college. He goes, do you want to go out tonight? It's rag week. And I was like, yeah, let's go out tonight because it's rag week. And I wasn't even in college and I was gagging to go out for rag week. So it was an exciting time. But then it got pulled in for a while because I think there was, there might have been too much having the crack August the Cure one year. And... Uh, they might have pulled it thin for a while but now because COVID and all the other crack you know people are out they're having a fun time they're having the crack people are mad to be out and about hanging out with each other and uh, right you know when I was there in Cork anyways people were having a lovely fucking time but, and they all seemed to be happy enough to be around each other and sure isn't that the crack anyways but after that I headed up then to a place called Glengarra in County Tipperary, and a lovely spot. Jeez, if you get a chance, pop into the woods there, Glengarry. It's a lovely place to go dogging. Not that I was there for that reason, but, I mean, if you had a car and you wanted to pull in behind someone, you could go for it. Like, I mean, that's just saying, right? Now, we're going to get down to the cock and balls of this week's podcast. Um wanted to tell you a story about the time that I went to the Grand Canaries with six lads and six pairs of shorts, and that was it. Burned to a crisp. Got there. And uh, I don't I don't know if we have to change money or what, but we're staying in a hotel and it was the highest room in the hotel. <clears throat> so you had to take the elevator like and it was about could be in there for 15 minutes, I think. And then you get to the very, very top and the, the building was a bit dodgy looking as well. Like, you know, it was kind of like lobbing to one side. So it wasn't the safest environment for six lads to be going on holiday. Six lads that hung out together in school were all played football together or else we would have drank tea together or else we would have had pints together. Or something like you know, so we all went on holidays together, and uh, we got to Grand Canaries, anyways, and we didn't really know much about what was going on. But first place we saw was the David Beckham bar, and we're like, "Would you want to go in there?" And all we heard from a distance was like lads going, "Why, why, 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 why," having a really kind of rowdy time. But so we're like, "We might, we might leave that place just, just yet. We might go on to another spot." So we walked up the road, anyways, just because we wanted to see if we could find anywhere. And eventually we found this place. He's like, lads, you want to come in here? It was like, um, it's 10 euro and you get 15 shots. So we're like, that sounds too good to be true. 
but we'll take the chance and you'd go in then anyways and you'd be taking the 15 shots but they'd be all watered down it'd be just like the taste of a shot really but we were there anyways for a week and we're all sunburned none of us were in sun cream we're just walking around the place like clueless idiots during the daytime just sweating the drink out of us not knowing which way to go not knowing what to be thinking and uh, just like taking stupid pictures of the ocean like what, who's going to be looking at that get them developed in a couple of weeks later be like look at this is where I was two weeks ago no one's doing that like so I don't know what we were thinking but we were over there anyways and um, we saw the sign anyways there in Grand Canaries on a wall it said do you want to come to a phone party so we thought to ourselves that sounds great let's do that let's four sorry six lads let's add to that party a foam so we found out there was a bus going from the town that night so we all got on the bus and everyone was kind of drinking out of jugs no one really knew what was going on but everyone was drinking out of jugs having the crack everyone was in fairly good form people from all around the world got on the bus anyways and the bus driver's like alright lads we're going to bring you to somewhere you're going to love and everyone was kind of getting really worked up he's like you guys don't know what's in store so everyone on the bus like yes come on and then he spray us with foam and like liquids. And then anyways, we arrived on top of a mountain. We've been driving for ages. But we arrived and everyone on the bus was talking to each other. And it was great fun and it was great excitement. And uh, we got to the foam party anyways. And we're, everyone was rolling around the foam. You couldn't see anyone. Nobody knew us. We went to a, this huge foam party where everybody was pretty much in the nip. Not completely. But we all had bikinis on or we had shorts on. But we were having a great time and everyone was pretty much in the nip. And I'll never forget those days. And would I go back to Grand Canaries again? No chance. Never again. Because it's too good fun. It's too good. You're there. You're having a great time. You're dancing. You're getting a suntan. You feel like you're looking sexy. It's a bad time. It's too handy. Too much fun. It was like there was a time where we went to Ibiza as well. And... Don't recommend it at all. Too wild, too mental. You could bump into Gary Lineker's brother out there. He'd be taking photos or he'd be playing pool. Wayne Rooney could be DJing out there. You could meet Stephen Gerrard out there working the pubs, working the taps. I think I seen him one night pulling pints of Schmidix in the front bar of Manumission. But you have to be into the party if you go there. And uh, I'm not as much as I used to be. I can't handle the fear anymore. So that fear, you know... As I was saying to some fella the other day, right? That fear that you get in your 20s, you know, it's... you kind of like you can write it out, but in your 30s you're like, Oh, fuck. The Lord save us. This fear is gone And you're in bed going, Jesus Christ. What was my father doing at this age? And you wake up in a cold sweat and you're like, Right, time to get out to Ibiza. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. From the Patreons to everyone that cheers us around. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also want to thank Golden Bake for their continued support. Your delicious jam bonds continue to rock my world. I hope everyone's doing well out there. Please continue to listen. Now, I got a question in from Owen in Portugal. Big shout out to Owen. Hope you keep him well out there. The one question I have for you this week is, did you ever have a part-time job or even something to do in order to get some pocket money when you were younger? I'd often sell eggs or do altar boy of a Sunday for a few quid. Two euro for normal mass or five euro for a wedding. They were the golden days. Big bucks for the weddings. That's what he says to me now. Thanks, Owen, for the question. Hope you're doing well out there in Portugal anyways. Um, Jeez, that's a good question. So you'd get paid two euro for a normal mass. 
So if you can imagine all the money that's passed around the basket, and then you're getting two euro, but that's cash in hand as well, and the taxman can't get near that as well. So that I don't think the priest is telling the taxman while he's getting paid. So he's giving you a cut of the price. And that's fair enough. And then the weddings are five euro each. That's pretty good for a wedding. Depends what age you are as well, like, and depends how much work to make you do. Because if you're running around the place and you have to get like loads of shit ready for the for the mass, maybe you're in charge of the rings or maybe you're in charge of the Eucharist or something like that. You know, you're a busy fella. Five quid, yeah, you definitely, you know, you'd you'd want that anyways. And again, cash. But they were the golden days, the big books for the weddings. Jesus Christ, I I remember. Um, I never really liked saying any sort of like, you know, prayers at mass. So when I go to mass, the priest would come up to myself and my brother and go, "Do you lads want us to?" Uh, uh, so, like say a few words today at mass like as in everyone had to say a few words the whole church he'd go around to the whole church and if there's any young people there he'd want to bring them up there so they could do a bit of speaking in front of everyone just to get them maybe used to speaking and he'd go around to the church asking everyone do they want to speak and every time he came around to me I was like I don't have my glasses sorry sorry uh, next week yeah. and then he'd go and I'm like oh thank you. I was shitting myself I was like I don't want to be up there talking and uh, he'd come around the following week then go around to everyone sometimes he'd get two people and they'd be like oh yeah I'll do it and then they'd go up and they'd do their their talk that day, you know. But any time he came down to me or the brothers, we'd be like, yeah, we're, we both need glasses, actually. Yeah, we don't have any. No, sorry. And he'd leave us. But it was depending on how close you were sitting to the aisle as well, because the priest would walk up from the back aisle and he'd spot you there. But anyways, I used to work down the bog for a fiver for it was three days work. I'd work down the bog and my parents tricked me, the bad bastards. This is what they did. I remember very, very clearly my mother kept saying to me, you're so good, Jesus, at putting turf into the bag. So good. And I, my seven, my two brothers were there and we've thrown as much turf into a bag as we could. And uh, my mother was like, Jesus, you're great at, great at packing bags. And then that tricked us into thinking, Jesus, we must be very good. Let's impress them even more. So we did really a lot of hard work down the bog for five quid for three days work. Your hands would be full of calluses. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone at all. It's the worst, some of the worst work you can do. And uh, it's bad on the back. There was one year, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget this year. We were down there one time anyway. And we'd filled up a big trailer of turf. And it was full to the brim. And we'd spent the last three or four hours filling up this last trailer of turf. To be brought home to warm our arses the following winter. Because you'd need it. You would need it. You'd need something to warm yourself up. Be cold. And we filled up the trailer and it was was full to the brim. And there was a couple of... Bits of turf at the top just falling off the back of the trailer. But we got it filled, the whole family. And as he was driving out the gap, didn't he turn too early and the whole trailer came down. And there was turf everywhere and everyone just went, oh no. The whole family at the same time, just like, I have to spend another three hours with you. And it was just so disappointing. And we had to fill the whole trailer again. And we got home late at night that night and there was a bitter, a bitter aroma about that turf and again I think I only got paid fiver for that work as well so it doesn't bear a good place in my mind that's for sure and what else did I do I had an aunt one time actually and uh, we were at a funeral and she gave me a bundle of cash and I thought to myself oh bingo this is nice and I was holding the money and it was so heavy the money and thick I was like Jesus there could be 50-60 quid here and of course I'm so sad that this person has passed away but that's a nice bit of money and had it in my hand and I was like touching it. I was only about six or seven at the time. I remember after then I met my mother. I was like, I got money. She was like, what? What are you talking about? I go, look at this. And I showed her the money and it was all dollars. 
and it turned out it was three dollars and I was sickened. I'd been telling everyone that I was rich, I would tell everyone that I had loads of money, I was like, I think I've got 30 quid on me. And back in them days that was a lot of money. And 30 quid could do you for a week, two weeks. But it turns out it was three dollars and I seen the lady that gave it to me and I kept, kept giving, giving her dirty looks. But anyways, it was a good lesson, you know, that's, I think that's why the, the American people they have the dollars, because it feels like loads of money, but a dollar, sure, that wouldn't get you a pack of sweets. Um, another one as well, actually, that I'll never forget. I used to go into this fella's house. Now, I was, I'm very good friends with his son, but he'd say, the son would say to me, come on, do you want to come into the house to do a bit of boxing? So we'd go into the house and the father, he'd come out with punching bags, or punching gloves, and he'd say, do you want to do a few rounds on the pads? So we'd be like, yeah, we'll do a few rounds of the pads. So we'd be inside a man's hallway of a house and we'd be on the pads like going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, sweating in a hallway. This is maybe right before we we're going to go out that night. We'd be sweating. And uh, anyways, every time we did it, we'd do it for like 20 minutes. We'd be sweating. But our steam would be kind of built up. And three or four times, the father gave me 50 quid. He goes, there you go now. That's for you. And at the time, I was kind of confused because I was like, that's a lot of money to be given someone. I'm really appreciative of that. Does he mind if I spend it on drink or do I have to get something that involves boxing? Am I now a boxer? I was quite confused about the whole matter. And there was a, I remember finding a, a boxing magazine in the house. I remember looking at the magazine and I was like, all right. Reading about Muhammad Ali. I was like, geez, I never knew Larry Holmes boxed with Muhammad Ali and he became a champion. And I was reading off all these facts anyways and. I thought that, that was the beginning of my boxing career, but no, that never lasted. But I, w- I never, I mean, the older you get, the more I couldn't go to his house, punching the gloves and then getting 50 quid. And there was one year that he did give me 50 quid. I went into town. I spent all the money on computer magazines like Games Master. If you've ever played that, if you've ever bought that magazine, it basically used to have all the games on a Commodore 64, PlayStation 1, all those old shite games that you'd be playing. If you look at them now, seriously, if you don't think technology is moving fast enough, all you have to do is look at FIFA 2008 or sorry FIFA 98 brutal absolutely brutal but it was great brilliant that's all you wanted but it was brutal I remember there was one level you could play in FIFA 98 where you could just kick the shit into the ref the whole time you know you could get the ball run up the field you could kind of slide tackle all the different players and then just kick the shit into the ref now I'm not insinuating people should do that but I'm saying on FIFA 98 you could do it and there was an indoor soccer level as well they should bring that back but anyways I'm rambling on here and I want to say thanks very much Owen for the question hope you're enjoying Portugal and thanks to everyone for listening to this podcast it really does mean a lot to me hope you're keeping well anyways and hope you have a great week send me in any questions that you have love to hear from you and besides that I'll chat to you next week <laughs>